Coming at you from Handsome Headquarters here in sunny Los Angeles, California. I'm Lee Singer Golden, and you're listening to me talk on the internet. I'm joined remotely by my illustrious colleague and co-host, Ben. How you doing, sir? Um, fine and dandy. <laughs> okay, good. Well, um, last night, um, we got some crazy news, uh, and that was that the President of the United States, Donald John Trump, Don John Trump, uh, after months and months of downplaying the coronavirus, after uh, leaked audio tapes revealed that he knew it was dangerous and yet he didn't do anything, in fact, hid it from the people, uh, after going on TV on Tuesday night and ridiculing his opponent, Joseph Biden, for wearing masks in, in, in public, has revealed that he has contracted COVID-19, the coronavirus has tested positive for the virus that has killed over 200,000 people, afflicted many, including yourself, Ben. Um, mm-hmm. And let's which, not forget our first lady also tested positive. Our wonderful, beautiful first lady. Fantastic. This is a first true, lady. The first thing that came to mind was this is a true comedy of errors. Yes. There's no other word for the last month or two. In the grand Shakespearean sense of, of wonderful theatrical dramatic irony. Yes. So, you know, a, a lot of people are saying, getting, experiencing schadenfreude, talking of, of karma. Fox News is sort of saying, trying to kind of downplay it uh, and saying, oh, it's going to be okay. He can still do his duties. It's a mild case. Look, it's just like the flu. And then, you know, Democrats are saying, oh, we hope he feels better. Uh, but uh, also... You know, this is what happens when you don't take things seriously. So in addition to all that kind of conversation back and forth, there's also these constitutional implications. So, you know, coronavirus has, for guys about Trump's age of 74, there's a, they say there's a one in 10 chance of mortality. And that bumps up to about 18% once you move to 75. So he's right on that, that limit or that cusp of, um, of the uh, uh, mortality rate really jumping up. So there's basically a 10% chance that the president, unfortunately, could die, which has drastic implications for the economy, for foreign policy, for the possibility of war. Uh, I've heard reports that like our, our nuclear bomber planes are uh, like on duty circling around. Um, basically, um, you know, if the Trump, if the president, you know, is incapacitated, um, shit could really go down. I mean, that's a moment where our, our enemies could really strike. Um, but fortunately, we have the uh, 25th Amendment and a presidential line of succession. Um, so that, you know, basically, in order for there not to be a president, you'd basically have to kill every public official down to dog catcher in order to no longer have a president. Mm. Uh, and you've been no. obsessing over this presidential yes. line of succession, right? So why don't you give us a little um, breakdown of sort of how it works like constitutionally, but then also how it works practically with the individuals that we have in the, the positions that are in the line of succession. Yeah. So I guess, I mean, first when I, you know, I, I had a couple of beers last night. Um, <laughs> okay. And when I first heard the news, I thought it was both uh, Mikey and Trumpy. So I was like, oh. Is Pelosi just like, yeah. God, I haven't talked to you in a while, but um, I got a favor to ask. 
Um, but then I learned that it wasn't Pensy. It was our wonderful Flotus. Yeah. Um, and then I just remembered over the years, you know, I had a, I, I knew, you know, after the president goes the vice president, then the speaker of the house, president pro tem, secretary of state, and then treasury. But then after that, I remembered at one point you get to the secretary of agriculture and I mm-hmm. studied agriculture for a while and really liked that. But I was like, who else is in that line of succession? So yeah. I started poking around first realized and was reminded that we also have this acting duty, which we'll get to later in which yes. it's the idea of you need to be deemed, uh, was it incapacitated or whatever the word is by yeah. your cabinet. And yeah. then you have the acting. But yes. then what was very interesting is the last person named in the presidential succession is now actually our secretary of Homeland security. Wow. Who's current, uh, our current secretary, uh, Mr. Chad Wolf, may or may not be eligible because the way he was appointed, I started reading this last night. It's yeah, he hasn't been confirmed, quite, right? He hasn't, but he also might not be eligible to even serve in that position. But the, okay. the thing that I was really focusing on is the fact that this, this department created by uh, Cheney or um, during, yeah, the, during Bush the Bush term, administration in response to the 9-11 attacks. First exactly, of all, before we move on, um, the yeah. Secretary of Agriculture, in my mind, is just a, a guy... Uh, missing a tooth with like a um, with like uh, uh, suspenders, but only um, uh, uh, one of the suspenders is over his shoulder, and he doesn't have a top, and he's just sitting like with no shoes, just like eating apples, and then using the seeds to plant them. And he's, like a and Johnny he's always Appleseed. like he always like outlived everyone else that he grew up with because he yeah. had to be super old. Exactly, um, he's still wearing overalls, but he's an old man. Anyway, sorry, continue. No, but that's totally true. But I just was found it interesting that we now have in this chain of succession, this entire department that, as we've learned over the last couple of years, is seen as something that is pretty much an extrajudicial military branch that doesn't have to go through a constitution, but this person could serve as our president. And I'm thinking as we talk about things like fascism and and, um, what's going on here, is the logical conclusion of if we went through this entire chain of succession because each of these people died in some comedy mm-hmm. of errors the person we end with would truly be i mean there'd be the head mean, of kind of, it's just I, I couldn't put words around it but it was just it's like oh we end on this secretary of homeland security how'd they get into this well let's put it in stark relief with the with the with the acknowledgement that it is very unlikely that all of these individuals will perish considering current circumstances uh, unless shit really goes down. But basically what you're boiling this down to is that the um, the turnkey dictatorship that was created under the Bush-Cheney administration and kind of just mm-hmm. glossed over during the Obama administration and then handed to Trump, who's been trying to actually use it to its, its worst extent to the full time, um, as part of that... Um, development. They added this extrajudicial uh, law enforcement, international law enforcement, federal agency, Homeland Security. Um, And that now that that is part of this turnkey turnkey dictatorship, Trump has actually been the first to actually use it for his own personal delight and political gain to clear the path of peaceful protesters so you go hold a Bible in front of an empty church. so basically, the arm of this um, manifestation of emergent fascism in the United States um, has um, quite contradictory to the intent of the framers of the Constitution been placed 
in line at the end of the line of succession to take over the country in the event that a catastrophic um, occurrence happens that wipes out all of the duly elected members mm-hmm. of the so basically setting up a position that if if shit gets wiped out then the 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 brand spanking new uh 21st century invention uh department of fascism takes over i think we that's what you're true military dictatorship yes mm-hmm. and another thing i found very interesting in reading through this is that around the time that was added this uh, commission was set up in which yeah. they drew from our American Enterprise Institute in Brookings. Mm. They called it the Continuity of Government Commission. They made seven uh, significant issues that warranted additional attention. This was in 2003. The one I found the funniest was the third in which it, they, they raised concern about the wisdom of having our president pro tem of the Senate be in line pretty high up there yeah. because this is basically... Uh, the position held by the longest serving senator. And in 2001, for instance, it was a 98 year old Strom Thurmond. So basically you have somebody on their deathbed. Today it's Chuck Grazley, who's not too far off in there, but just like some of the, you know, it's like, Oh, let's just have create this line. But it's like, um, let's, let's pause. So like I'm going, so when I read that, I was like, what would it take? Like, how could we get all the way down to number like 17? And then what happens after 17? Well, Do we it's have a true democracy? Do we break through and be like, now we have a full democracy and 18 is the people or something? Yeah, I, well, I mean, there is some degree of ambiguity around this. I mean, when the Constitution was originally framed, it was a skinnier document now without all the amendments and such. Oh, yeah. And there was no real clear, like after the president was basically incapacitated or killed. And let's make the distinction that, that there is the line of succession that basically the cabinet can sort of like pull a cane mutiny and say the president's fucking nuts, we're taking over. And then there's the situation where the president has a heart attack or the president's assassinated or something happens. And then automatically the vice president becomes president. But originally in the skinnier version of the the constitution, the vice president just became the acting president and there was no real provision uh, for who really became the president. And um, there were, I think, situations where the president was incapacitated and there like wasn't a vice president or something like that. They said 16 times before 1967, 16 vacancies. Yeah, 1967 is when they they finally ratified um, the the 25th, I think, which basically says that when the president dies or the president is dead, then in fact, the vice president is not the acting president. He is the president. He is the president for all um, legal purposes. And of course, the reason why that passed is because, uh, you know, at um, 12.30 p.m., November 22nd, 1963, at the corner of Houston and Allen, President Kennedy was assassinated allegedly by Lee Harvey Oswald um, and and Johnson was sworn in and they wanted to legally say, yeah, Johnson is the fucking president. Um, so um, he was reelected or he was elected in his own right uh, in 64, but in 67, they basically said, yes, when so, president's know, out, the I, vice president is the president. And one thing I realized as a whole in this, uh, this amendment is they don't uh, define who, what death is and who declares it. If yeah. we think about Pence as a, I mean, it's not just evangelicals, but many have very different conceptions of death. Perhaps, you know, his heart stopped beating and he's not physically alive, but he's not dead. And Pence could create an argument and Bill Barr could could approve it that says Trump is not dead. And then we could even reelect him 
and he his you know it's kind of like in North Korea where their their leaders are supreme leaders for forever. They don't yeah. die. They just no. turn into something else. So we don't actually define in this in our constitution what death is. Well, Kennedy was was Catholique, right? So um, although his brain was he was shot through the head and he immediately died essentially when he was shot like, yeah, but he wasn't say the, he died someone could say he's not dead well they didn't because he's catholic so he ain't dead until they read last right so they rush him there off to go. parkland hospital and i think around 1 p.m a half hour after he died that's when the president actually was declared dead so mm-hmm. in that half an hour was the dead president literally the president right. or was essentially like does it does it matter when the doctor and the priest said it or was in that minute when the, irrespective of what anyone else thinks or knows, when the president was dead, was the second that bullet cracked through Kennedy's head, the second that Johnson became president? This is a constitutional crisis. Because what if that 30 minutes becomes 30 months or 30 years? Sure. Well, when, when, you know, going back to the last sort of actual assassination attempt that almost went off when when uh, th- the crazed young man obsessed with Jodie Foster, John Hinckley, uh, uh, took a shot at uh, uh, President Reagan with the sidearm. Um, mm-hmm. And Reagan was basically incapacitated um, because he was shot uh, and rushed to the hospital. So constitutionally, George H.W. Bush was, you know, acting president or took on the duties of the president or whatever. But Al Haig, you know, Alexander Haig, Served in the Nixon administration was mm. he was part of that whole sort of generation of of uh, Republicans you know that was around from from Nixon through uh, you know early Bush or whatever, and he was the sec state he was Secretary of State at that time when when they when Hinckley shot Reagan and he went on TV and he was trying to just you know convince the American people it's okay like America is still going like we're fine we function and he said. Uh, but he went on TV, went, I am in control here. And everyone was like, no, you're not. I think what he meant was like, he was the highest ranking person that was at the White House at that point. But no, constitutionally, HW was in control. And so that basically ended Al Haig's political career. I mean, I think he wanted to run for office at some point too. But <laughs> after that weird thing, that never happened. But I mean, that's why the 25th is really there and all these provisions are there so that people don't freak out uh, and be like, oh, our country's over because we don't have a president. And more importantly, that, you know, our, quote, enemies, unquote, don't, you know, think, ah, oh, well, the president's out, so America's vulnerable, so let's take him out. Um, so there's that. Um, you know, it's funny how hyper-normalized we are to craziness. Like my wife, I was working last night, late night on some reports for work, and my wife goes, oh, my God, oh, my God, oh, my God, Trump has coronavirus. I was like, oh, my God, that's crazy, that's crazy. You know, looked it up. Wow, that's nuts. And then was like, okay. <laughs> there's, there's, uh, we don't know who might be in charge. The president might die. There's nuclear uh, weapons circling above. There might be terrorist attacks. You know, who knows what's going on. The Homeland Security might take over. But all right, well, back to work. And I went back to work. Um, but then the next thought that popped into my head was and and look i i know i love conspiracy theories and talking about conspiracy theories but i'm really an occam's razor guy at the end of the day you really have to show me evidence for me to be convinced that there's an actual conspiracy right um Mm. but i do have that conspiratorial mind where i start to just think well what if blah 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 and it's like you know 
if Trump really is the evil genius that Michael Moore says he is, um, if he was smart, he would just say, yeah, I have coronavirus. I totally do. And then not actually have coronavirus or just have a cold and then be like, see, I survived. Everyone is weak. Herman Cain, weak guy for not living. He's a little tiny brat and he's very weak. That I can tell you, he's a very weak man and I am strong. And the media has blown this way out of proportion. And I've proven that it's not that big of a deal. And if it is, well, then I've just proven how strong Trump is. Very strong. I can beat anything. I can beat a virus. And we've done such a fantastic job. And that's why I'm okay. Um, and uh, so the, the thing is, like, I sort of quickly would, like, brush that away. Because, you know, that's, you know, look, Occam's razor. Let's let's just take things at face value. And if evidence emerges that... Um, there's something else at play, then we'll evaluate and decide from there. But the thing is, not only is, some, is Trump someone who is so actively uh, uh, um, engaged in transmitting false information, not only about COVID, but everything else, but is also a ardent conspiracy theorist and conspiracy theory spreader in his own right. You have to assume that pretty much everything Trump, since everything Trump has said about COVID is pretty much a lie. And they recently just did a study that he is the number one spreader in the English language of misinformation about coronavirus. Um, if he's really lying about that, that he's always lying about coronavirus. Well, if you kind of listen to Occam's razor, well, then the most likely scenario is he's also lying about this. So as much as I want to not descend into crazy conspiracy thinking and kind of shuffle that away, it's like it's almost intellectually dishonest to not explore the possibility that this is some sort of political play because Trump is willing to lie about anything for his advantage. And this could be very advantageous for him. And, you know, but I kind of put it in my put it away. And then I opened up the news this morning. You got people who are, you know, pretty out there like, you know, Michael Moore. Uh, who said, yes, he's an evil genius, and that's exactly what I think he's doing. And then there was other sort of more reputable people that were like, mm. not that Moore isn't necessarily reputable. He's done some good things, Roger and me, et cetera. But um, other people that are a little more like normal media voices, I guess you could say, they've also sort of said, hey, you know, <laughs> can we really believe this guy? Um, so there's that whole thing because if it's if it's true let's just assume for a moment it's true trump has coronavirus um the i don't think that biden and trump will ever really give up because they're both so stubborn you know they're just stubborn old guys and this is basically their both of them this is their last play for their legacy and their destiny but i think all of the adults in the room have realized that for all intents and purposes this campaign is over Voting has already begun in several states. Most people are, they, they're not going to be swayed one way or the other. So it's just really a matter of turnout. Can the base of either side, who on, on the base of either side can get people out? It's basically just, it's, you know, fighting voter suppression and getting out the vote right now. And for these morons that are undecided, I, I hope that if they really are undecided, then just stay home or, you know, vote a write-in candidate, but don't try to swing it either one way to Biden or, or Trump. Come on. Um, but, you know, Trump can't campaign. 
you know, uh, without either killing himself or others. Joe Biden, I, you know, I, honestly, I, I think it would be a bad look for him to just be taking advantage of this and and going around and campaigning. And since he's a better guy than Trump, I, I feel like he probably will respect that and be like, you know what, let's let's kind of wind this down. But um, it, it's over, folks. <laughs> like the president might die. And the debates already happened. We don't need any more debates. We've gotten this fun of seeing these two assholes get on the stage and, you know, Trump being mean, bully, and, uh, and Biden going, shut up, man. <laughs> uh, so we've got it all. So let's just move on, ignore these guys, and just get out the vote. But I wonder, I agree with you. And the, what I was thinking, this is a little non sequitur, but like, you know, people could say, like, what if Trump dies and, and all this, but I would want to, ask Trump that, you know, if a medical coroner declares him dead, that doesn't mean he's dead. As I said before, who declares him dead? I want to find out. Would I've been Trump... declared dead many times, Ben. Many That's times. So, oh, oh, so you're already here. I thought, sorry, I thought you were in the bathroom. Um, who declares, you know, let's say a medical doctor, oh, his heart stopped beating, he's dead. Yeah. But who declares you dead constitutionally? Well, our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, is the only person who can declare a man dead or alive for that matter or alive. And and let's face it, life begins, a baby's life begins when that first sperm descends from the pubescent balls of a young man. That's when life begins. That's when life begins and life ends when Jesus Christ, our Lord and Savior, says you're done. So you're does done. Jesus speak through anyone like? maybe Pence or your, your wife or someone else, you know, like how do we communicate with Jesus? Well, yes, Mike Pence, Mike Pence, he puts on a turban, you know, like the guy at the beginning of Wizard of Oz and he puts his hand on a little bulb and he says, Jesus, will you speak to me? And Jesus, a wonderful, wonderful Lord, he comes and he says, yeah, Mike, how can I help you? So he's really a conduit to Jesus Christ. And, you know, Jesus is a perfect guy. They nailed the son of a bitch to a wall. They nailed him to a wall, a stick or whatever. They nailed him. He bled out. He died. They, they poked him in the stomach. They threw him in a cave. They put a, a boulder. Oh, and he's soft. still alive because he says, I'm Jesus Christ. I'll tell you when I'm dead and it's not yet that I can Wasn't tell. Wasn't he Jewish though? Very well. You know, nobody's perfect. So, so let me ask you. I think we used that joke your, last week. Too. Yeah, we did. Would it be <laughs> Trump? Would it be your wish that if a medical, the medical community, as we call them, but let's just say Pence declares you dead. And well, then they've Pence, lied about everything. Right. So a Pence, though, invokes the word of Jesus Christ and said, no, this man is not dead in the eyes of our Lord. Right. Would you uh, continue campaign for a second term? And would you uh, continue well, serving? Yes. Okay. I'll serve. We'll run for three or four more. Well, why? I mean, wouldn't you at that point just get rid of? Would you? I I know you're obsessed with Xi and uh, Putin. Why? Why have this four-year cycle? Yeah, I think we just we just keep them in. We do it like the Supreme Court. I appoint myself to be president, and then then we just write it out. So, for us weak humans that can't communicate with what we call the dead, who would be your uh, mouthpiece? Well, we're looking into that. I think that, you know, there's a lot of great mouthpieces out there. You can get a, a great mouthpiece. But I like, think that that Hope Hicks will be a great mouthpiece. Mm, not your son. Not my son, no. Not mm. Neither Does of he them. know this? Well, which one? Both of them? There's two. Oh, good point. 
There's three, I think. There's two or three. Whatever. Anyway. You don't even know. Well, either way. I, yeah, so I you think would... there's three. I don't know. So, okay. And then... Oh, that's interesting. And so, because I know, because we before you came here, do you know much about uh, former President Kennedy and his 30 minutes of this constitutional crisis right. between the time of the bullet entering his brain and the time he was declared dead? Right. I know very much about Kennedy. Kennedy was there? one of the great, well, Kennedy was one of the great MTV VJs. The first thing, when she was on K-Rock, they called her the Virgin Kennedy and she had a husband who was a snowboarder and he was a great guy. Great guy. Mm-hmm. And he was on K, she was on K-Rock and then Kennedy was on MTV. She was on MTV for many years. She was a great VJ, video jockey. And she was a wonderful, wonderful person. And then she became very conservative, wonderfully conservative. And I believe she, she, she did a show for the wonderful Fox News. And she also wrote a book. And it was a very conservative, beautifully conservative book that I can tell you. So Kennedy was one of the greats. Okay. So you wouldn't pass the reins on, say, to, to the vice president or someone in your cabinet. You would want to continue being president, even though the coroner has declared you dead and your heart is no longer beating. Look, I've, I've declared I'm not going to accept the results of an election, okay? And I'm just going to be president no matter what. In the same way, I'm not going res- to ex- accept the results of some doctor. Mm, that's a good point. Interesting. Well, uh, uh, Mr. President, okay, look, um, you, you brought up doctors. My, my friend and personal physician, Dr. Drew Pinsky, uh, he says that, you know, when talking to his patients, he says, we have to accept reality on reality's terms. And so wouldn't you say, like, that this campaign is, is over, that your career is over? Wouldn't you say, if you were any sane person, Mr. President, and any sane person in your position, the way you're polling, the fact that you are sick with this disease that you could die of, and that everything's looking pretty bad for you, um, in terms of your re-election and your only chance is to basically steal it and get a bunch of uh, neo-Nazis to, 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 to quote, watch the polls, unquote. Anybody else in your position would say, this is a golden ticket. Because you could say that, you know, look, the, the, look, I know exactly what you're going to say. I know exactly what you're going to say. I could go out there today and say that, look, I have this coronavirus. I'm fine. It's totally okay. But since the media and the Democrats have blown it so out of proportion that people say that the, you know, we're going to be very vulnerable, fantastically vulnerable because the president is, you know, sick with this thing. And I don't want to make our, our soldiers and our generals to be, I love our soldiers. I love our generals. And I wouldn't want to put any of them in danger. So since the Republic, since the Democrats have, have, have made such a big deal about it, I have to step down and listen. Listen, I'm not the kind of guy that gives up. A lot of people say, you know, you're going to give up, Mr. President. No. In fact, here's the thing. I've accomplished so much, so much in my first term, more than Obama accomplished in, in, in two terms, more than Roosevelt accomplished Could you name in, in one three terms. specific thing you've accomplished, though? Well, we've made America great, that I can tell you. So I could say, no, look. Specific, though. I want it's a great. specific it's a great, thing. It's specifically very great. And, and here's the okay. thing. So I can say, look, mission accomplished. Mission, I could quit just a couple, I stand down just a couple of months before I'm even done. And I've still done more than anything. Trump's done a great job. That I could tell you. I could stand down right now and still have done more. I, I've achieved everything that I wanted to achieve, which was to make America great. And we have, and still stand down. 
So you're right, Lee. I could say this is a golden ticket. I could go in and say that, but I'm a fighter. I'm a fighter. And even this virus isn't going to keep me down. This have is you, my fight song. Have you seen the virus with your own two eyes? Well, I've seen it with, yes, I've seen it with, with, with both eyes. Wow. And what does it look like? Well, it looks very Jewish, fantastically Jewish. Okay. Let's, uh, <laughs> oh we're going to cut you off right there, Trump. You're Thanks, really, uh, Mr. President. I really don't. I really hope this doesn't spiral out of control. Well, who said we were in control to begin with? <laughs> Oh, no. Oh, my God. That's okay. Well, thanks, Mr. That's President. Uh, we'll be right back on Talk on the Internet. And we'll continue to discuss this breaking news that the fucking president has goddamn coronavirus. We'll be right back. And we're back. Whoa, Ben. That was incredible. That, especially that last line. I mean, I'm a little scared for my own <laughs> yeah. life and family. Um yeah, so I mean, he, he but, just look, called the coronavirus. He just said Jewish. It, well, first of all, he said he could see a virus. <laughs> yeah. Then he said it looked Jewish. <laughs> it looks Jewish. Oh, that was God. pretty cool. I guess if you're into that kind of thing. So, where do we go from here, though? Like, what is, I mean, it's November, it's October 2nd. Uh, I just, I'm trying to think of like, it's, it's this comedy of errors. What else is going to happen in the next four weeks? Um, and, and will there be a couple state? I just, it's uh yeah. I mean, look, I, I, I hope that like, because you know, these debates, you know, I, I thought that our next show, we would talk about these debates and, you know, um, it's funny because even though he supposedly has coronavirus, when when they walked on stage the other night, I kept thinking like, wow, Trump looks so much bigger and stronger than, you know, Biden. And Trump looks like a big, fat, old, tired piece of shit. But Biden looks just kind of smaller and, and weaker in comparison. And I think that, you know, people said that that Trump uh or lost the debate and that Biden won the debate. And it's kind of like, yeah, that's true, but it doesn't really matter. That's like saying there was a race and they were going to do a 5K and they're both, the, both the racers are at the, the starting line and one racer goes off and starts running the race. And then the other guy, he doesn't even run the race, but he just starts beating the shit out of everyone at the race, just, just pummeling them, including all of the people working there. So that by the time the other guy makes his loop and he's back and has, quote, run, won the race, it doesn't matter because everyone there has had the shit beaten out of them and no one is paying attention to that guy who won the race. They're paying attention to the crazy ogre who's just totally, you know, taken his ball and went home, right? Totally just like destroyed the proceedings. But anyway, um, he openly, you know, mocked Biden for, for wearing a mask and all that kind of stuff. Um, but the, obviously the scariest moment in that was when he told these Proud Boy guys to stand back and stand by or something like that, which is basically saying, I need you to be my brown shirts. If, if this election is sort of in dispute and there's people in the streets, I need you to go out there and sort of take hold. And um, that is really frightening. And one could only hope that, 
you know, if that really does happen, then best case scenario is that the cops, whether they support Trump or not, are like, we can't let these people just take over. So we got to go take them down. So I'm hoping that if the Proud Boys do go loose, that the National Guard and or the police will basically round these guys up. Since they're white, they probably won't get shot, but hopefully they'll at least get arrested and this won't work. But just the mere possibility that this could, that someone is trying to do this. Cause like I always say, Hitler's takeover was, was, was straight up. He started doing it uh, with democracy, but the way that he eventually took over was just street by street, block by block uh, thuggery. And that is what Trump has basically went on TV in front of millions of people and said, that's what we're going to do. That's the plan. Yeah, Go guard the on. polls and make sure that people can't vote. And when they protest, beat the shit out of them or shoot yeah. them. Yeah, and, and what's hard for, I think, a lot of people understand with the way that the media talks about it is like, oh, you know, it hasn't turned out like, uh, like Hitler and the Nazis. But it's, it's not like Hitler said something one day and the next day, all of a sudden, we have what we think of um, when we think the Nazi party. It, it took several years. So him saying it one day and then the next week and Over not a decade, materializing... Yeah. Yeah, exactly. It, it took, I mean, the party started in 1919. He yeah. got uh, elected in 1933. Mm-hmm. And then it took really till 38 or 39. So it's like, yeah. you know, there's, if, if we keep looking for short term results, we miss what's really going on. And that's some of the scary stuff that the yeah. fact that he's saying it and our jackass moderators like, oh, I didn't expect it to go like that. It's like, well, you haven't really he's probably talked moron. to a normal human being in 20 years. Yeah, Chris uh, Wallace is Chris Wallace is a fucking moron. Not like Mike Wallace was a, was a genius, but Chris Wallace is like a he's just like a fucking dead fish floating in an empty Pepsi light can. I mean, the guy is just <laughs> fucking worthless. I mean, that was just that oh was the God. stupidest debate. He just looks. That, that's the thing is, no one is willing to just fucking go. You know, it's funny. Like I, you know, who I really wanted on that stage the other night was Liz Warren. Liz Warren would have gone after him. You know what I'm saying? Our boy Bernie. Like, imagine a a good scrappy Jew up there. He would have demolished him. Or he might have protested the whole damn thing as a sham. Yeah. I mean, uh, I was pissed when... I'm just going to assume... I'm going to be gracious and assume that Biden just didn't hear him. But um, mm. early in the debate, Trump called uh, Liz Pocahontas. I, and I didn't watch I, the whole you know, thing. if any of us were on stage, we would say, "Hey, ex- sh- sir, shut the fuck up! That is a fucking ethnic slur that you just mm-hmm. used, and we don't accept that here." She's my colleague. I've worked together with her. We've worked, and she's a wonderful person, an intelligent person. You could say what you will about the whole situation with the Native American thing, but you don't get to say ethnic slurs about the indigenous people of this country. Shame right. on you, sir. You know, and exactly. I'm assuming that Biden That's like didn't a, the too. role of a true moderator. Yeah, and you know, it also assumes that it was going to actually be a debate, which no one. No, unless you have a real moderator, but it would have basically been stuck on the first question. Well, Trump the doesn't know time. how to. De- Trump doesn't know right, how to. Right, so it would have been work. stuck on the very first question the entire time because a moderator would have kept Mr. moderating. You didn't answer the fucking question. Right. Yeah, Bernie so would have been. It would have been a circle jerk for two hours, then it would have gone to. Oh I don't God, know, no! But yeah, Bernie would have been. Excuse me, you don't get to say a slur. You used a slur, Mr. President. I didn't use a slur. I used a slur. Okay. No, in Brooklyn we say slur. Well, in Queens we say slur. It's <laughs> oh not yeah, a slur. they're both New York. 
Look, no, yes, look, funny. I was raised out in Queens, and we know when we call someone Pocahontas, that's a slur. It's not a slur, it's a slur. We'll be right back. No, not <laughs> us, but that's what Chris Wallace would have said. Oh, that would have been just... Yeah, I, I, you know, I would have loved, uh, loved Bernie on the stage, obviously. But I, I just think in terms of these whole things are just about optics. And people were mm-hmm. saying like, oh, Biden didn't make any gaffes. Like, in reality, like, Trump actually did a pretty good no one's giving him credit but he did a pretty good job of like sort of boxing biden in where he said like well oh, do you yeah. support this left-wing stuff and biden's like no i don't support the, all that crazy left-wing stuff he's like well you just love the, the lost the left and he actually if yeah, he exactly. focused on that and sort of boxing biden in that was a pretty good strategy if he had focused on that he would have quote won the debate unquote but he just did not focus he was too busy calling Biden, uh, Biden's son, a fucking crackhead. He's never had any focus, though. No, of course not. He says the first thing that comes to mind. Yeah, and but but there was a couple. So Joe not calling him out and saying Pocahontas, and then when also Joe's like, "I'm the Democratic Party." It reminded me of Al Haig saying, "I'm in control here," and I thought, "Oh, for mm. sure he's going to piss off the squad and all of the DSA and all that kind of stuff." But but but. Thankfully, I guess Trump was just such a fucking baby that no one paid attention to that. Like mm-hmm. that to me is a classic, not only Biden gaffe, but that is if anybody else ever said that would be like, whoa, no, you don't mm-hmm. just say, oh, yeah. Because, I mean, because it's true. Like, the critique, like he'll be, he's not going to be a kleptocratic, racist, no, uh, fascist, but he is going to be an authoritarian. He want, he's had very authoritarian tendencies. There's no interest in disrupting the yeah. power structures in the u.s i will give joe the benefit of the doubt you know he said like he said inshallah the other day like i feel like joe has been he's read the the tea leaves and realized you know what the, this party is there's a lot of young liberal people and whether and i'm basically going to be passing the torch onto them and he's taken a crash crash course and trying to be at least a sort of a little more liberal and he's held his ground for better for worse and and on you know not defunding the police or officing you know a perfect example is he's like i'm not going to force medicare for all but if you want medicare for all i do want to have a public option really trying to be a moderate it's kind of showing that he's at least trying to lean towards the left so you know but i don't believe what trump says that he's a puppet of the left i do believe that no yes as the president right as the, pre- the Democratic Party. That's the thing is, as the as the presidential nominee, you are the standard bearer, and you're the one that signs off on the the um, the platform, and essentially becomes the party's platform. But since Biden is so old and has been out of public service for for a few years now, um, he is not the Democratic Party, except for the fact that he managed to like basically after everyone quit, just quickly you know win because they were just afraid of Bernie. No, he is not the Democratic Party. He is a representation of the Democratic Party's fear of actually embracing the popular policies of so-called socialism, which is really just using the government's power to solve fucking problems. He's not the Democratic Party. But in terms of just like, you know, playing by the rules, yes, technically he represents the Democratic Party's platform and his platform is not socialist. It does not defund the police. It's not pro Antifa, even if Antifa was a thing. So Trump is wrong. And he's really failed to paint Biden in that light. Most normal people see right fucking through it. And they say, no, he's not a communist. He doesn't hate the cops. He's not an anarchist. I mean, just look at the guy. Does the guy look like a, he looks like an old fucking white Senator guy. Or just he's also not those look who things. he's 
putting in charge of different uh, areas of policy. It's yeah. the uh, it's the same old neoliberal arm of the Democratic Party, which is probably going to be its undoing as well. Yeah. Oh yeah. So, but I think this Street. really this shakes things up, you know. And and look, I I'm not. There's a lot of people like I hope Trump dies. I'm like, okay, come on. I don't hope. Come on. No. And, you know, as someone who, look, we're the perfect people to unpack this. You're someone who survived the coronavirus, and I'm someone who's researched presidential assassinations and by default presidential lens of secession for years, um, succession for years. So, uh, I, and I felt that little tinge inside me of, oh, the president's, the president's in trouble, you know. Um, <clears throat> And that's the thing is, look, I'll probably take heat from this, but for this, if anyone's listening, but Trump is one of the worst people in the world and a horrible person, but as like a media personality, like I can't help but like him in a perverse way, in the same way that I like Darth Vader. Like Darth Vader's an evil guy who's caused so much suffering, but like he's fun. (laughs) You know what I mean? Like Darth Vader's fun to watch. And, you know, unlike Mitch McConnell, who when he dies, I will dance on his grave and literally celebrate. Like when Trump dies, I'll have major weird mixed feelings about it. Like he was a horrible man, but like, I don't know, somewhere in there, hopefully it was like a kind of fun, nice guy that, you know, I hope, I hope, I hope, I hope, but probably not. <laughs> but it, that's at least the fantasy I have. And, and, but I was, but Trump's so lucky that he'll probably pull through this. And he probably will live for like Trump will probably live to a hundred. I mean, let's face it. I, yeah, I thought like the stress you know of this office what, would kill him, but it didn't. So he'll well, probably live to a hundred. The funniest thing I've heard so far on the radio, the few things I listened to this morning was when people would be like, well, how could he do his job in the next couple of weeks? I'm like, he's not doing his job to begin no, with. Well, that my first thought was like, well, how does he currently <laughs> do his job? He tweets he stuff golfs. and he hires people that see the world. It's like, and that's part of the myth of what we understand as being, something like a president in which the the job is a lot about setting priorities and trying to make compromises and getting your 4,000 appointees to carry out certain ways of doing things or with certain power structures. So there's different ways of doing it. And the way that Trump has done it is mainly through Twitter and uh, a few other things. So this isn't really going to impact how he does his job but i no. thought he's like well he's not going to be able to do his job for the next 14 days i'm like uh at first i was like uh no, uh yeah well, he is. if it's, anything you know the way he's been doing it i just hope that like this takes some of the energy out of his sales that he's been uh some of the wind out of his sales that he's been uh, turning into energy towards getting the state legislatures to basically commit to send unfaithful faithless electors um if trump loses in those states that are controlled by gop legislatures uh that it'll take some of the energy out of him trying to tell these white supremacist uh, militias from rising up that basically without him in the in the active sphere that maybe some of the like energy and pressure that's moving those things forward will dissipate but that's probably fool's thinking I mean, I think that in all likelihood, Trump will pull through and he'll say, see, look, it's not that big of a deal. You guys are all wimps. And um, oh, yeah, it's going to. I mean, within a few days, we're going to be seeing those. Yeah. Like, oh, I'm fine. I don't know what the big fuss was all about. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And if he dies, they'll just, you know, they'll they'll swap him out with. uh... Or they just died. My thing is they're not going to declare him dead. 
<laughs> yeah, I know. I, I I feel you on that. I mean, I provided you an example. President Kennedy wasn't declared dead yeah, until there's thirty minutes. They'll yeah. like, they'll like Barr will say we have precedent. The thirty minutes is now TBD. Yeah, but it's certainly more than three months, and we're gonna have to wait and see. Yeah, we're looking into it, and we'll see. Yeah. Um. So. Yeah, and one thing I I probably mentioned this on the show, but I think it is funny that I think after Pelosi, uh, there's only a couple of women who are technically in the line. There's Pelosi, obviously, who's pretty high up on the list. And then she's like the only Democrat currently. And then Betsy DeVos, who's secretary of miseducation of Lauren Hill, is somewhere mm-hmm. on there. But one that you won't see actually is Elaine Chow, who is mm-hmm. secretary of something. And also Mitch McConnell, Mitch McConnell's wife, the wife of Mitch McConnell, Lane Chow, is uh, uh, is a, a member of, of Trump's administration and would be in the line of succession if she were a natural-born American citizen. So I think it's funny that the first, like, uh, I guess you could say, yeah, first woman of color uh, or non-white woman who is the, in the chain of succession would not be allowed to be president because she's an immigrant, which I just mm-hmm. think it's so funny. I mean, it's, I mean, it's sad, but it is, it is funny. So, you know, I, I, I hope no one fucking dies here, you know, but um, I don't know. I'm, I'm in a good mood. <laughs> it is just, I mean, I just keep thinking comedy of errors. I just want to know what's, what's the next uh, installment we're going to get next week. It's fucking week funny. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, when we a couple of weeks ago, we, when we did the Inside Jobs reunion, I was like, so, you know, Brian was like, wait, tell me what happened with Trump in 2016. And I said, basically, what happened was the funniest thing since 9-11. <laughs> I mean, um, and, you know, the only the only way that, you know, my wife and I've gotten through all of this is from like listening to uh, Chapo Trap House and Come Town, which who managed mm-hmm. to, you know, especially Chapo you know, show that like, yeah, everything Trump's doing is horrible, but like, also like, this is fucking funny. And uh, also, and look, I know that there's people who are suffering, kids in cages, people dying of coronavirus. I'm not making light of that. Trump is a horrible, horrible person. Uh, But I can't help that he makes me laugh. I mean, when he, you know, talk about telling lies about coronavirus, when, when they revealed, released that interview with, um, uh, uh, what was it? it was Bob Woodward. <clears throat> um, it, he, you know, he's like, no, Mr. President, wouldn't you have to say that people like us who've come from places of great privilege need to acknowledge that we have, have experienced, you know, white privilege and acknowledge that other people who have less fortunate than us, we should try to look at from their perspective. And Trump pauses for a second and he goes, Wow, you're really drinking the Kool-Aid, haven't you? <laughs> and it's like someone who is so, so out of it, so deranged, so evil in terms of his like, his, his um, savant-like, um, his savant-like connection to the cultural zeitgeist is able to just spit out what, what we're all thinking, which is, wow, you really drank the Kool-Aid. I mean, what president sounds like that? Nobody. Mm. Nobody says drink the... Uh, look, uh, Mitch McConnell really drank the Kool-Aid. Mitch McConnell is... Uh, uh, I believe that Nikita Khrushchev has, uh, has uh, drank the Kool-Aid. 
there we go again drinking kool-aid i did not drink that (laughs) kool-aid i've got the president people got a right to know did their president drink the kool-aid and i gotta tell you no i didn't drink the kool-aid is this the longest the that trump has gone without uh tweeting it's been 14 hours since his last tweet yeah the longest ever gap I think so. I think they're lying in bed right now. He keeps trying to hold her hand and she keeps slapping it out of his hand. And then she goes in the bathroom to like smoke cigarettes, uh, like Gwyneth Paltrow in Royal Tenenbaums. And he mm. just turns he just turns on MTV 16 and it's all by myself. I was thinking he listens to Eminem. But and he's got that little thing, he's got the little thermometer in his mouth, all by myself, eating. Someone brings in in a hazmat suit. They bring him in a fillet of fish sandwich. Anyway, it's crazy. So, yeah, we'll see how things play out. You know, I, I the next couple of days, things like I said, in all actuality, you know, all of these things pop up. The Mueller administration, the Mueller investigation, and then nothing happens. The the Stormy Daniels case, and eh, nothing really happens. So Michael Flynn, like all of these big things that would take down any presidency, like mm-hmm. nothing really comes of it. And I honestly think that like he's going to be fine and everything will be fine. And, and maybe this will help him win, honestly, if he shows like, look, I've done such a good job of coronavirus. I fought it off myself. I think that's so hard because we you know, a lot of times talk about, you know, words are important, but when we keep talking mm-hmm. about this idea of him winning an election, but we know the tactic, it's not about yes. or winning, it's about maintaining stealing, power. Yes. Or he could fucking die and Kim Jong-un decides that this is the moment to test out those intercontinental no. ballistic missiles. You think so? Why, you know, I think why would he wait? What, what does that have to do with look, one of two? Why would he wait during this just, coronavirus shit? During this coronavirus shit, you know, I, I was thinking that uh, the ISIS or the remnants of Al Qaeda or any of these fucking terrorist cells, uh, if they're not planning to fuck with us right now, they're fucking morons. And I think, like, I'm like, as someone who is opposed to the war on terror as I, as I am, which, you know, I, I don't even think call it the war on terror. I just think we can call it the great Middle Eastern American genocide. Uh, I'm like, did we actually do, like, a good job of, of like, killing all the haji, of, like, killing all the fucking terrorists? Because I would think that this would be the time during this virus when everyone's crazy and, and, and resources are depleted or whatever, that this is would be when they would strike. But I guess mm-hmm. not. So yeah, I mean, in all likelihood, things will just sort of cruise. Maybe Mike Pence will take over for a couple of days and he'll probably, he'll probably take over some duties and stuff. Right now he's getting the super secret intelligent briefings, all of that kind of stuff. They are ready to switch over um, and move everyone around according to the 25th. It's all in place. Um, but in all actuality, they'll probably go back to normal pretty quickly. And um, But shit could go down. Shit could go down. And for guys like you who are oh, just sort of jokers. Going down. Who are sort of jokers who want to watch the world burn. I'm kind of like, I don't want him to die, but let's face it. If he died, it would be like, wouldn't be good, but it would be the most interesting thing that has ever happened in our life since 9-11. Because there's that DV, obviously there's a, the 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 decent person 
inside of me, the good, you know, normal person says, no, I don't want anyone to die. I just want the disease to go away and for Trump to not get elected and everything to be okay. Um, but inside of me, I'm also kind of like, yeah, it would also be cool if Trump just fucking died and like the, the country just descended into goddamn chaos and we really just like <laughs> just saw everything fall apart. So yeah, the, the like crazy uh, fight club 14-year-old Tyler Durden inside me like also just wants oh, to yeah. see Operation Mayhem. Yeah, okay. I mean, you know, when do we hit rock bottom? And one thing I was thinking of is, you know, isn't it like treason or something to like wish the death of our of an, any elected official or maybe just president? But I was thinking last night, since he was impeached, is it still treason what you're doing right now? Or any, not you, you haven't actually no, said I'm anything. Say, I, look, I think it would be, I, I actually- Oh, to threaten the life of it. Yes, not that in actuality, wish. I think oh, it would okay. be horrible for any president to die. I think that it is, uh, and and- this, and and as much as I guess I'd rather have Nancy Pelosi be president than Trump, I think it would be horrible, horrible for democracy if Nancy Pelosi ascended to the presidency and then tried to run again. Especially with so, everything going on like this, yeah. we're really. But I think the I first mean, both the first duly elected female president will be Nikki Haley. I'm calling. Yeah, her. I think one big problem is that both parties, at least in our lifetime, have both really either through their actions, not always their words, almost given up on the, on the meaning of and power of government. Yeah, yeah and, and the idea of like, you need a progressive tax base and you need to penalize people from over enriching themselves yeah. to have a functioning society in which people see a sense of fairness. And so we're two generations into that at this point. And it's like, when is it going to break? And that's why I say, like, you know, we call Biden a Wall Street Democrat, and that's kind of what we mean. Um, I and it's like, how do we Biden is a good guy. I think Trump is I mean, a bad guy. It's not about being guy. a good guy. I'm talking about yeah. their, their policies and what they've chosen. You know, like, even Biden voted for the first uh, major overhaul of taxes in, in Reagan's time. But it's yeah. like, but it's continued to this day. And so it's like, how do we... Those were very popular. And let's it's like we it, sometimes politicians are about well, they weren't that's the thing they were popular amongst the elect but they weren't that popular they they I were right. i don't know too much about through. it i was reading a book about it uh then you then i accept your opinion you know more than me then well just this idea it's it's like and also one thing i didn't realize is that the u.s and even the 17th century had the most progressive tax system in the world and then then again from the 30s to late 60s yeah and we also, and those were also the periods of a, like people like, oh, it'll hurt growth, this or that. It's like, those are also the fastest times yeah. of economic growth. So there's really no history that proves any of these supposed theories. And so it's like, what is it going to take for one of the parties to really be a party of the people and start standing up for this? And that's why some like political historians even see that our democratic party might even be in more chance of disintegrating because it hold, tries to hold together so many different uh yeah. groups well the but gop is like a pretty big tent too and we're seeing some of that fall apart but i mean while yeah, we're talking, oh yeah, they're both like it's like who knows but yeah it's all just you know what yeah. would accelerate it because like we don't saying, since we don't have a coalition based like uh government like they have like in israel or or england or whatever like the coalitions actually form within the parties themselves right yeah but, i mean so while we we're all of these anti-democratic features Oh yeah, that including because our founding fathers, who are exactly they were supposedly so brilliant, 
were just so fearful of giving up power to the masses because they thought everyone was stupid. But the things they put into place, they were just guys, the they were just businessmen. Well, exactly. But what I'm saying is they had very big egos and the things that they thought why people like them should run the show. Those are the things that are actually destroying everything. Right. Like I say, the yeah. reason why Thomas Jefferson uh, erased all mention of God in the Bible was not because he was uh, didn't believe in God. It was that he didn't want to read any book with someone more powerful than him. Yeah. Oh, here, this was a great line. So this is the book by uh, uh, about uh, what was it called? Um, How the, the Rich Steal Money. That, that young professor at Berkeley um, that helped add to this. But basically the line is because he was talking about how it's not just a democratic or Republican thing about taxes. He said, the idea fits into a long intellectual tradition yeah. that seeks to curtail democracy, especially mm. the democratic regulation of property mm. via non-democratic institutions, such as constitutional rules and courts. So basically the big debate is over how do you tax and redistribute property, which includes things like corporate tax, mm. any form of property, intellectual property, physical, any of that. And right. it's always this constant battle because when we raise taxes on property, it affects about 10% of people, but materially it affects about uh, 0.1% and right. very materially 0.001%. And so it's like, do we really, and that's why Roosevelt is seen as like, bring, like, bring on, like who the fuck cares if they agree with me? There are a few hundred thousand people who cares. Yeah. I'm doing this because it's better from tens of millions. He was brave. How do we, but the problem is that this idea of like not stepping on these rights of property is so that and ideology embedded. is so old yeah. that it exists in both of our parties today. And it's very strong and yep. it's hard to break that. And so yep. what's going to break it? Is it going to be uh, Trump remaining in power? Is it going to be Trump dying? Is it going to be some, is it going to be uh, a it physical war? Like what's it going to be? We don't know. It could go either way. It could go and anywhere. What, one more thing I wanted to discuss um, that is all very insightful and it all points to this moment where we look at the president and he pays far, he pays way less in taxes than, than you are, <laughs> or he yeah. pays less in taxes than someone who works at fucking McDonald's. Okay. So oh, yeah. I, I, it's ridiculous, but the whole idea, first of all, the whole idea that it's a bombshell story is fucking horseshit. You know, the New York Times is sucking its own dick about, you know, this bombshell. It's like everyone knew this. You're just you're just proving the obvious. Right. It's the same thing with the Mueller report. It's like it's not a bombshell. This shows what we already knew. Um, the Stormy Daniel case. Just we already knew this. The real bombshell is this, Ben. Mm. If anyone has any doubt that there is media bias towards particular candidates, all you have to do is look at the fact that they released that quote bombshell about Trump's taxes with just enough time for it to hit the news cycle, absorb into the national conversation and lead us right into the debate as the number one thing. Now, it didn't actually end up that way because it wasn't an actual debate, but it was abundantly clear that the New York Times was dropping this story in a way to tactically give an advantage to their preferred candidate that I'm sure they'll write an endorsement of at some point. Now, but you could say, well, you just sound like, you just sound like Trump. And it's like, well, yeah, because that's the one thing that Trump is right about is that there is, of course, media bias. But it, it's mm -hmm. not, it goes both ways, too. The media bias is obviously way worse on Fox News. But, but it also shows like 
but people push people on our side or whatever push back to like, oh come on man but you know it doesn't matter because they're doing it for the right reason they're the good guys they're doing it for the right reason to be against trump like well you think it's the right reason right now but what about when they were running those stories about bernie fucking sanders that made him look bad mm-hmm. so the media bias is only good if it helps out your fucking guy oh, of course so it's the same thing as that turnkey dictatorship. We were okay with drone strikes and uh, uh, stopping people at the border because Obama was doing it. We figured that guy was pretty normal. Uh, and then it gets into the hands of Trump. And we think that like, you know, using the news to make uh, Trump perform poorly in a, in a debate, well, that's, that's good because, you know, we hate Trump. Or it's like, yeah, but they use that same tactic to make... Uh, Bernie looks shitty in debate. Mm-hmm. So fuck you, New York Times. And fuck you, anyone who disagrees with me. <laughs> Seriously. Just in general. In general. Those people, if you're out there and you don't think that Star Trek V is actually pretty good, then fuck you. <laughs> Jesus. No, Lee, kidding. you're going it's, off. It's pretty, you're it's flying off the handle. It's pretty bad. Um, well, anything else we wanted to cover today? No, I mean, the last thing I was thinking, like, if people are like, well, this all just seems so demoralizing. What the fuck can I do? What's the point? You know, at the end of the day, right now, there's hundreds of mutual aid networks popping up all over the country. So if you're looking for something all over the world, go help one of those directly. Don't give these ridiculous political campaigns, unless it's a very local one in which money actually matters. But, you know, like Biden's got his own fucking plane. Like, you really don't need to give to the no. campaign. It's a waste of fucking money. So go do something real. Plant a tree. Go like ask a mutual say. aid network what you could do to help. My, um, I mentioned ad spending. Yeah, sorry. I always interrupt you and I apologize. No, I love being interrupted. I've been interrupted. <laughs> I'm a fucking squirrely little overly verbose Jew. Like, what do you what do I expect? You expect a more verbose Jew who's a little more calm than you to interrupt and, and co-host with you. Hey, I'm perfectly fucking calm, dude. I'm calmer than you are. Calmer than you are, dude. Um, so, uh, yeah, I actually mentioned you the other day when, you know, the obviously there's a lot of smog here in sunny Southern California. Um, and I was saying, God, Amelia, when are they going to invent some sort of like filter that like improves air quality that we can like put on our house? And she's like, it's called a tree. <laughs> oh my God. I wish one way I wish we would create new money is just every time someone plants a tree, just give them money. Give them money. Give them a hundred bucks, whatever. Whatever. It's just like, and it's not trying to, it's people like, oh, well, we can't fight climate change with trees alone. It's like, no one says you can, but trees are amazing for a thousand different reasons. One of which is climate change. Yeah. But trees are just incredible. And it's a great way to create new money. You yeah. plant a bunch of trees in your neighborhood. But I mean, and you want a little bit of, and most people will ask for help. People are like, oh, what if they plant the wrong ones, this or that? It's like, well, most people aren't just going to go and just like go plant some <laughs> random tree. There's ways of uh, yeah. of helping. So yeah, like let's do that, baby. $1,000. Yeah. In, in Israel, we have to pay to plant a tree. But did, did you have when I remember when I got a bar, uh, oh, bar, bar mitzvah, I was, you know, opening up with the envelopes and there was checks and things that I used to produce my first independent film. Uh, 
uh, pervert, a parody of psycho. Check in, relax, take shit. Uh, but as I was going through, sometimes I would open an envelope, think it would be a check, and then it was just like a little certificate that says, we have paid in your name, we have donated money to plant a tree in Israel. I'm like, oh my God, are you kidding me? Who knows if those trees are really getting planted? You know there's some guy fucking ripping us off over there. Mm-hmm. <laughs> well, um, yeah, good job, I guess. I don't know, what do we do? So basically, like, you know, we do normally do this 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 show every one to three weeks. We might be doing these daily, like with the rate of <laughs> okay. of change right now and revelations. Like we've got our amazing Jewish godmother Ginsburg passes, and now we've got this. And what's next? So we might be back sooner than uh, sooner than we think. Yeah, who knows? Yeah, Trump might die. <laughs> Fucking it's crazy, wild. I mean, but we do know that, you know, that there's going to be to, to, till forever. No one will 100% know whether he actually tested positive. But leap of faith, he probably has it. And when he survives, he had a good chance of surviving a six. Because mm-hmm. the thing is, if you have really good medical attention and all this, which he does, yeah, he's got a good, only, you know, he's got a, basically is a vast majority of people survive. Yeah. So... Yes. He'll be, they'll be fine. But it's, uh, what's that song? I'm trying to think of that song, Closer to Death or something from the 90s. I, I, I do think it's it. funny anyway. that, that in the news, people are just, people are just calling him fat, basically, because you sort of have, no, people don't say like, hey, FDR was in a wheelchair, you know, like people don't comment on that kind of thing. Uh, so the press is mostly not, the mainstream press is mostly not said, presidential fat ass donald fat trump uh but people have said been saying a lot like since the president is obese he is medically obese he does put him in a higher risk category so the, already I, uh, that's a, a fun side effect here is that everyone's just calling trump fat <laughs> i know and we've all wanted to do it oh everybody's like oh you know that those people in the white house press corps they'd be like they you know they wanted to be like oh mr fat ass mr fat ass um how fat is your fat ass and you did that. You did. I don't want to get too far into body shaming, but we body shame uh, female politicians all the time. His ass was so big when they showed the rear shot at the debate. I mean, it was like unbelievable how much back baby had. Mm-hmm. It was really, really nuts. And we were joking. Uh, I don't. I, pro- I don't know if I said this on the show, but you remember when uh, Trump was dunking on <laughs> Heidi Cruz on Tr- Ted Cruz's wife during the last election? Not we were, we, totally. We, I was we, I was living at a construction site. We, yeah, bur- well, living with burners. I didn't, you know, nice. partying. Well, my wife and I were joking that like people like Mr. President, is it true that you called uh, Heidi Cruz uh, a dog and that she was a four? I never said that she was a dog, and I never, <laughs> I never said she was a four. I said she was a four for a dog. <laughs> is that really what he said no that's just, oh i was like my oh wife and i say that to each God. other like about five times a day like you're not a four or a dog you're a four for a dog oh my god dude okay well it's enough body shaming uh for today um it's um it's been good talking to you um I, you know what i'm gonna go out on a limb and say even though it would be the funniest thing ever if trump died uh i'm gonna wish good health um, and a speedy recovery to Donald John Trump, to Hope Hicks, and to um, his other wife, um, Melania Trump. <laughs>
Yes, we have to keep faith that we don't need to hit this. That we don't need to kill bottom. people to win. And we, yeah, because it's like it'll just everything that we wish will change. You know, like do we want another uh, yeah. World War Two and like no. these total? It's like no. So let's try as hard as it is to slowly make progress and not have it to be a rebound after like two billion people are killed by humans. Let's yeah. just hope that. So yes, like. It was, and and the thing is, I kept thinking of what's his name. I think it was Rabbi Hillel or one of those asked about the Jewish philosophy. Yeah, well, no, the non-Jewish Rabbi oh, okay. Hillel <laughs> asked. Or it couldn't have been Hillel because I think he was dead. But anyway, one of the a prominent rabbi at the time was asked about forgiveness after World War II, mm. and would he forgive if he had the chance of sitting next to Hitler on his deathbed, which we know isn't the case. Would he forgive him? And he had this beautiful response, and I can't remember it all. But his bottom line was yes. And I just listened to a 1957 speech from MLK mm. that he gave to like 20 people at Berkeley because he was still just a reverend and wasn't that big yet. He wasn't brought in by- uh, it, was that Bl- it was at Blondie's Pizza. <laughs> Bas- no, it really was. Um, <laughs> He's like, we're going to go to Rasputin said, after this. <laughs> he had a great line about like, the idea is, it wasn't to love all people, but to at least respect people, but hate their actions so the idea of all of this stuff is somewhere in people we need to pull out the things the 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 traits and virtues of people that we think are important and push down those other ones that do exist and don't deny that they don't but you don't have to hate the individual you hate their actions mlk so and and he said it and this guy not rabbi hillel but one of these great rabbis even with hitler both men of the cloth both what? men, both men of the cloth, who if they believe exactly, what exactly. they believe, and, and the, say that they also human don't, beings were created by God, and right. if God and, is and good, they, then they have to be good as well. Exactly, and they don't believe in the hero myth. It's not like one person is orchestrating a band of two million people doing every little like. It's a people also have their individual beliefs, so it's incorrect to say that this one person created everything that happened yeah. after them. So it's not just Trump. It's not just Hitler. And so, you know, we don't want to excuse their actions or their actions are the most abysmal things. Yeah. But the individual dying doesn't actually necessarily get us anywhere better because him alone is not creating everything that's going on right now. So, you know, I'm not going to say what I think because, uh, you know, it's horrible. <laughs> no, because I don't want to commit horrible to anything. man. <laughs> I am a horrible. I'm like an old. I, you know, my friend. They've always joked around with me when I was in my 20s. Like all I ever really wanted to be was like an 85 year old Jewish man. Oh like, yeah, me slippers. too. So me too. I'm just practicing. Yeah, this is great. We just like putter around our house and then we yell about politics and then talk, oh. and then talk very reverently about Judaism. But then oh uh, yeah, well philosophies <laughs> and go eat it guides us. Right? Go eat cheeseburgers. Oh my God, that's what I'm having tonight. Thank you very much. <laughs> nice. I had one and I won't today. say whether it's beef or not beef. I will leave that to your imagination. Well, folks, on that, we'll leave the rest of our afternoon to your imagination. And uh, I hope that uh, I hope that uh, everybody who has COVID uh, recovers uh, like Ben. And I hope that people who haven't uh, take uh, safe precautions and take care of themselves uh, go out and vote. Um, and if you're undecided, you can fuck yourself. I don't know what the hell's wrong with you. <laughs> uh, and, uh, yeah, for Ben, for Trump, for Lee, and for COVID, uh, I'm Lee Sanger Gold. You've been listening to me talk on the internet. We'll talk to you soon, folks.
Yeah. <laughs>